Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Well, it's the midweek podcast. The first weekend of college baseball at the Division One level has been completed, and we're looking forward to breaking it down here today. And we have the added pleasure of being joined by Taylor and James of the Fungo Talk podcast and cannot wait uh, to go through um, what we t- traditionally do in a show, breaking down a weekend and then looking ahead, we're each going to go through winners, losers, our starting rotation, which is individual outstanding performances from the weekend, and then pick five outstanding series, which includes three ranked matchups coming up uh, this weekend. And then some of our stories, stuff that stood out to us. And we'll have just conversation throughout um, for all these topics. But looking forward to this podcast for sure. Um, Charlie Bornoff's in the house, of course. And then take. Taylor and James from the Fungo Talk podcast. You guys should check them out, uh, especially go give them a follow on Twitter and give them a listen as well um, as they do big time. Great work. But Taylor and James, appreciate you guys uh, joining me and Charlie for this one and really looking forward to break down what is a, a crazy first weekend of collegiate baseball at the D1 level. Yeah, absolutely. You said it best. Uh, crazy just about sums it up. I mean, from coast to coast, we saw like uh, just just guys with in crazy individual performances, team performances, upsets. I mean, we got, we got a little bit of it all. Yeah, we did. Um, I think, I think Taylor just pretty much sums it up. We had a little bit of everything this weekend, good pitching performances, uh, big home runs, bat flips, walk-offs, 20 runs outings. We had a bunch of it. So ready to get into it if i may be so bold i'd go as far as say it's probably one of the best opening weekends that i can remember in years past for sure like i mean like we talked about a lot of electric things going on a lot of what the fuck moments a lot of crazy moments and a lot of new fun storylines to get into that's very true and speaking of that let's just get right into it um let's start with the winners um i'll just put put out my winner first and um, we'll, we'll go from there. My first winner came from probably where a lot of eyeballs were on if you had a subscription to a certain service, but the college college baseball showdown, um, my winners, um, I'm bunching my winners together in this one. I still have three, but this is going to count as one of them is Mizzou and TCU. I thought they both impressed at the college baseball showdown. Um, those Tigers, I think really in terms of being a winner um, impressed in, in a, in a much different way, not only did they beat TCU, they went two and one over the weekend. They're able to beat Texas as well. And, and they inch out two one run victories. They're able to win in walk-off fashion, as we mentioned with the crazy walk-offs earlier and a different uh one run win as well in extra innings over TCU. So that was huge. But then TCU before that, they whacked two SEC powers uh, in, in the previous two days, uh, beating two top 10 teams by a wide margin, beating Vanderbilt 11 to four, Arkansas 18 to six. So TCU and Mizzou out of the college baseball showdown. That was really impressive to me. I mean, yeah, it definitely was, especially if Mizzou played everyone close, even in their loss to Oklahoma State. It was only 5-3. Like you said, Will, one run one run wins out of the other two. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I was absolutely floored yesterday when they beat TCU. I think we can all agree here, especially with you guys being such big 12 guys. I mean, TCU is the favorite to win this conference for sure, and Braden Taylor is one of the best players in the conference. And to see Mizzou, of all people, beating them was jaw-dropping. Yeah, I agree. Uh, M- Mizzou really, I mean, I think on the national level, really put their name on the map. I- uh, me and James, obviously, like we didn't really 
have too much to talk about in their SEC preview of them just because they kind of been the bottom feeder of the conference. And like you guys said, I mean, the, the close games like that, uh, I mean, it was – they might be a sleeper team in the SEC for could sure. Be. Could be. It could last. be. I mean, yeah, they were they were 28 and 23 last year. I mean, I look at – I mean, they could, they could have clipped the 35-win mark if they play like they did this weekend. But that's the thing. I don't know – I don't know with Missouri if it's if they're in what you would call midseason form already. Like, is that the peak for them? Is beating a team like TCU and competing with Oklahoma State? I don't know. I, I really don't. to be to be cynical. I kind of think maybe it might be. Uh, I they have some good players. Sam Horn, who's probably going to play quarterback from Missouri pretty soon, looked really good out there. He pumped like what ninety eight seven ninety eight yesterday. So, I mean, we'll see. There's just thing. There's a lot of question marks, but I mean, I agree. It's really exciting mm-hmm. to see what could be going forward. And arguably the best third baseman in the whole SEC, and that's that's saying a lot with Luke Mann as well. Um, he's a really, really outstanding player both sides. Very true. Very true. Will, do you just want to? How do we want to do this? There's four of us. Do we want to just do all three of them? We just run through our three. Do we want you just go through each of one like one by one? Hmm, that's a good question. I think that if we each run through our three, that might be better. Um, but I also am open to discussion. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I I think the run through we each do our three makes sense, but I'm open to whatever. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm I'm with y'all. I'm with whatever. We can go winners first, like three, three, three. Yeah. And losers the same way. All right, that works. Sounds good. Um keep cooking, Willie. All right, I'll keep cooking. So my second winner, um, and there was many things that were eye popping. Judge dropping over the weekend. My second winner, um, I know this is going to be close to Taylor's heart, but California Baptist, they took two or three against Oklahoma, a team that went to the College World Series final a year ago. I mean, and you talk about the rubber match, a, a home run in the eighth to be able to take that. Um, and I mean, I believe you were in attendance, Taylor, for that. Um, Josiah Chavez three-run shot in the eighth to be able to ultimately take the series. But, you know, Cal Baptist, a team to watch out for. I mean, a recent uh, addition to the Division One ranks, and I think they turned some heads this weekend. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, like, uh, was in attendance for that. Um, that it wasn't a fence scraper of a home run either. That uh, – that might that might still be going. That might still be going back to California. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, just really put their name on the map. I mean, they're a team in the in the WAC conference that is going to be playing Grand. Actually, they end the season, the regular season, with Grand Canyon. So Ooh, that's like that. a matchup out for in May. Um, obviously, going to have a lot of conference tournament implications and postseason implications with this being their first year uh, eligible for the postseason at the Division One level. Um, I think Cal Baptist, like you said, uh, definitely, definitely is uh, nationally known now. They actually, um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. They have a midweek game in Stillwater with Oklahoma State, finishing out their uh, their little Oklahoma road trip before they get back home. Well, that's a great litmus, t- litmus test right there. Um, Cal Bap, I mean, they were really good last year, like you guys said, and like Taylor, I do agree. I think they're kind of becoming an emerging, like really like sleeper cell kind of powerhouse in the small school era, and I. I want to get your guys' opinion on this. I've always thought it made no sense. But like, what's the point of when teams like Calbap come up from D2 to D1? I never understood the point of banning from the NCAA tournament because like they had a real shot at making it last year if they didn't have those implications. I mean, James Madison, the same thing in football. I mean, yeah. they they ran through the D1 level. Crushed people. You know, as a first-year first program, it's like, 
if they're making the jump from that level to the D1 level and they can, you know, if they're good enough to make the jump, why not let them compete in the yeah. tournament? Because it, like, I don't. No, go ahead. Sorry, my bad. No, I, I said, I don't, I don't, I don't get it either. Yeah. Because to me, like, not that any schools do this, but if a team were to move down a division, like that makes more sense to ban them. Cause like, okay, maybe you still are overpowered for whatever league you're going into. Like that checks out. But like, it's like, that's like banning rookies from make, playing in the playoffs. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. That was just my two cents. No, I like the I like those cents because I think it makes a lot of sense that you see that with Bellarmine in basketball mm-hmm. uh, running their conference. And it, it is interesting. I think that it maybe tries to deter teams from making the jump just to make the jump saying, hey, do this. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of that like that comparison to rookies. Um, and that's kind of how it goes. Speaking of that. Um, well, there's this is a young man that isn't a rookie. This is my third winner, and and his name is Ty Coleman. And uh, what Texas Tech did, I think, is very impressive. Um, over this past weekend, they went four and zero against a really good Gonzaga team. I know that you think Texas Tech, who is my third winner, and Ty Coleman specifically for his five for five performance in Game Three, but you look at beating Gonzaga probably expected that they'd take the series. Uh, but the fact that they were able to win all four games um, was a really hot start um, for Texas tech. And they have a series upcoming with Western Illinois. You fully expect this team to start the year eight. No, uh, but Texas tech in the top 25 right now um, in a team that was impressive last year. I know that you maybe are looking for answers on the mound because you lost the big 12 pitcher of the year in some respects, but uh, Ty Coleman is a guy who was a preseason all American. And I think that um, he played like it this weekend with his five for five performance had seven hits in his first three games of the season. Uh, so I think tech um, is a big winner because Gonzaga is no slouch. Um, maybe their favorite, but Gonzaga won a lot of ball games a season ago and, and I get it. They lost uh, three starting pitchers to the MLB draft, but they're still going to be a very capable team in their conference over on the West coast. So I think that that was an impressive win and tech is my third winner of the weekend for their sweep over Gonzaga. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, we all know I was a little low on tech coming into the year. We were doing our um, top 25 preview. It's kind of shut me up about that right now. Like you said, Ty Coleman was a dog. Hudson White, I think we can all agree, is one of the better players for sure in the Big 12. He's going to be a stud all year long. And yeah, like if you're a Gonzaga fan, like I still I wouldn't be too down on yourself either. Like Texas Tech is a legit, a legit program with a great program history. Like they're going to keep being them. And I think the dogs in Gonzaga will still play well this year too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, Texas Tech, I mean, I I kind of agree with you there, Charlie. I mean, I didn't think really that they were going to be, I mean, losing Jace Jung and uh, like you said, Birdzo on really kind of their entire rotation uh, among others. Yeah. I didn't really think that they would come out with such a tough opening, uh, opening weekend series like Gonzaga, like you said, being the, one of the better teams on the West Coast. Uh, they did definitely, definitely impressed. Uh, definitely a team to watch out for in the Big 12 for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the toughest schedule. Uh, that's, that's probably the toughest weekend they're going to have for a while, too. Because we, we touched on it when uh, we did our Big 12 preview. They play 40 games at home this year. What? They play oh it's like God. 36, I think. They play like almost 40 games at home this that's year. That's insane. And that Gonzaga looking at the schedule, that's probably one of the harder ones that they're going to have. For sure. Yeah. So no, they, for, sure. For, them, for them to come out and sw- obviously the Big 12 ones, too, or whatever, but the non-conference, that, that's the hardest one you got, pretty much. And they went out and swept them. I mean, that's they did what they were supposed to do, I think. No, I agree. that they, they 
came in, took care of business, and left. Went home and kissed her wife at 5 p.m. <laughs> and uh, paid the mortgage off. <laughs> they did. And another just last point about that is they did lose their rotation, but a guy who I think might sneak into that rotation, Brendan uh, Gurton, he he had six innings out the pen and looked nasty. Um, he was a guy who dealt with a little bit of injury a season ago, uh, but he looked really, really good out of the bullpen when they did not get a great start uh, from their Friday night guy. So he's a guy that I'm looking forward to seeing because uh, he got a ton of appearances before uh, he got hurt, like March 20th last year. Um, I think he's a guy who could crack the rotation potentially. I like that pick. That's for sure. Uh, am I up now? Yeah, you're up to the plate. All right, we're going to continue talking about teams that lost a big arm or two a year ago, but still impressed a lot. And so my first winner of the day is Southern Miss pitching staff as a whole. Because I got the stat from your guys' good friend, Stephen Shock. On the weekend, the staff allowed one extra base hit to Liberty, who's a very good squad in their own right this year. One extra base hit the whole weekend and only allowed three runs the whole time. Tanner Hall was lights out, and they did all this with also losing Hurston Waldrip. To Florida, who's still a stud, but to reload like that, that's a big question mark coming to you. Like, how do you replace a Saturday guy who could be a Friday guy everywhere else? And they, they answered the question. Uh, that pick hurts my feelings. <laughs> uh, I, I have I have the numbers for you, uh, the complete numbers for the weekend. They finished Play with mommy. a point six a point six seven ERA, point seven WHIP. 37 strikeouts to seven walks, and they averaged 12.3 uh, strikeouts per nine over Jeez. the weekend. That's what that'll play right there. 0.67 was their ERA as a team, you know, over the yep. weekend. Like for the that's, weekend. That is, um, that's tied for best in the nation right now. Of course, it's just after the three games, but when you go through the whole series and allow three yeah. runs, I mean, shoot, that's going to win games. They were getting worse though. They gave up. They they shut them out the first game. They gave yeah. up one the second. And I think it was two the third. So they're getting worse. <laughs> yeah. Wheels are already uh, falling off. <laughs> maybe they'll give up three next game if, yeah. if the trend follows the right way. Yeah, maybe they'll look inward after that. You know, after all those that run scoring galore right there. Well, they were their yeah. pitching staff is going to get tested on mm-hmm. March seventeenth. Who are they playing? Texas State. Oh, so yep, we will see. Sure. Um, I'll te- be there. <laughs> oh, let's will. go. That's awesome. Texas Boots on the ground. Um, I'm going that's, to one of them at least. Yep, they got a three-game set over there, 17th, 18th, and 19th of March. Uh, Southern Miss, Texas State, that'll be a – I'm already – I'm just a month away, but I think that that's going to be – I mean, even – you look at their next few series, they got Illinois and then Dallas Baptist. So that pitching staff's going to be tested for sure against more quality opponents, just like Liberty yeah. was. But you got to know that Tanner Hall is one of the best arms in the nation. There's no – you can make no bones about that one. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, I, I think a lot of us had that question, like losing Waldrip uh, from last year. And uh, Tanner Hall was the, the preseason first team All American. But yeah, um, safe to say, just going to, they're going to be really good. Um, yeah. We will see them in late May. Yes. I, I agree. I think that's a very poignant take right there, Taylor. <laughs> Speaking of teams that are going to be really good in May, Wake Forest is my second winner of the day. Not only did they go 4-0, they had 13 home runs on the weekend. Uh, Rhett Louder, Josh Harrell, the whole pitching staff in general was absolute nails. I People will say, well, Charlie, they played Youngstown State for two of those teams. I don't care. When you went, when the closest game you have is a six-run game in the first game, you're doing something right. They, they outscored. They went 9-3, 8-1, 18-3, 7 and We can talk about that kind of stuff later. And then 10-1 against Illinois in the last one. I mean, 
what's there's no negative to this team right now. Like, I do think this might be the team. Uh, you could, uh, I don't know if I want to say, but I'm going to because why not? I think you could say this team has the highest ceiling of any team in all of college baseball this year. Like, I think if you catch them on their best weekend, I don't understand. Like, if Josh Harlow's your Sunday guy, who's a guy who like could have been a top 10 round pick out of high school, it's like, no, 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 I'm gonna go to Winston Salem, I'm gonna play here. He looks great because I was kind of worried because you saw the talent last year, but like, his control was light years ahead of what it was last year. And so if he can be like that, that's such a weapon to have on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I was I, I tell James this all the time. I, I love Wake Forest. I love Rhett Louder. Oh. Um, not just his hair. I mean, his hair is awesome. Fantastic. And it might three miles an hour to him. But he's, he's my pick to win conference pitcher of the year. He might just be up for golden spikes like we saw Cooper Jerpy last year. It could be yeah. one of those. And he's not like just to get into one of the players that like I highlighted here. I mean, a guy like Sean Sullivan, the transfer Mm, was four innings and 10 K's and he was mid nineties with like an Andrew Miller slider, like in relief of Rhett Louder. Like, what are you going to do? Like I young state or not, not many people are going to hit that. No, you you sit and pray. That's what you do. (laughs) That, That was one thing that I was about to mention too, is like, we can talk all we want about, their offense, which is unbelievable, right? I mean, the best corner infield in America with Kurtz and Wilkin, but that staff is nasty. You talk about a guy coming in relief like Sullivan. I mean, the 10 K's. Oh man. That was, I mean, they combined for 20 K's in that game, those two and the rotation, you got two guys on that rotation uh, that pitch for team USA in McGraw and then louder the reigning ACC pitcher of the year and then just like you mentioned the Sunday guys no slouch either the back end guys are all they've got all Americans in the back end and then when you got Sullivan coming over from Northwestern doing that I mean what weakness does this team have right now that's my question it doesn't seem like any their weakness is when they can't play I think that's what it is (laughs) well see I I I'll spoil it. I had them as one of my winners too, but I put four no weekend. Had to play at seven thirty in the morning, and they mashed. That those that's were the true. notes I put for them. <laughs> that's so, true. Uh, yeah, I, that's so you. You basically covered all. No, of but it. that's a great point, though. I mean, listen, I wasn't couldn't hit in the first place, but seven thirty in the morning, there's no shot in hell I was going to hit a baseball. They scored eighteen runs. That was the eighteen yeah. run game too. And they were Hold hitting the nighter. balls. They were hitting balls out of the park, though, too. Like that was the that was the striking thing to me is all the home runs that they hit over the weekend. I mean, as a team, what was it over the weekend? Thirteen home runs in four games. I mean, that's unbelievable. (laughs) Three point two five a game. I mean, that's that'll be that's doing something. Yeah, that plays for sure. (laughs) Okay, I'll keep my last one short and sweet because there's not much to discuss on a specific point. But my winner is the SEC. It may be known nationally as the football conference, but we all know really that the SEC is a baseball conference first and foremost, deep down inside. Baseball runs the SEC. And the reason I chose the SEC is every single one of their teams, other than the second-ranked Tennessee Vols, has a winning record going into the week two. And, I mean, let's be honest, Tennessee's going to be just fine when it's all said and done. Hopefully we figure out what happens with Maui Ahuna, but SEC, great weekend for them. Yeah, if you're gonna start talking about Maui Huna, we might we might have a whole other conversation. Oh my god, it's a whole podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of my winners, uh, staying on the winning side here, is actually um, I'm agreeing with Will here, and that's uh, I'm gonna start with Cal Baptist. 
um, not only seeing that, being able to see them in person, like we had talked about them earlier. I mean, I was telling Will right before we started recording here, they had on on the on Sunday they had three guys uh, rolling out there throwing ninety five, like consistent, was really really good. Um, I mean, they they had a lefty, I believe, on Saturday. It's just high eighties, just really nasty sinker slider from a sidearm slot. I mean, it's a really good team, and I mean they've they've step been step for step with Grand Canyon right there, and uh, Grand Canyon's been in the postseason, obviously, because Cal yeah. Baptist. Um, but they've split the regular season title in the WAC the last two seasons with Grand Canyon. I mean, this team's no slouch at all. I just think that playing a, a team, also their first Power Five uh, series victory ever. Okay, there we go. That's a good yeah. fact. I like that. Against their first Power Power Five opponent. I mean, this, this team's really good, and they're going to be tested too. Like I said earlier, with Oklahoma State uh, tomorrow, and um, if they if they take that, I mean this. We could see them ranked seriously. We, yeah, that's I totally agree. Like that's for sure. Even if they even if they keep within three runs, like everyone should be put on put on notice about Calbat for sure. Yeah, no question. Like especially in the WAC too. I mean, not that it's a bad conference, but it, I mean, it's kind of. I mean, we saw Grand Canyon and uh, what they did this weekend. Yeah. It's really, I would say, them too. Uh, yeah, for absolutely. Sure. It's top heavy. Well. Legendary head coach, over 600 wins, been there for 20 plus years. He's gotten uh, 25 guys drafted. I mean, this is sort of dominant D2 program and uh, on the rise for sure. Yeah. Um, I've got said- one. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say one critique of Cal Baptist don't love their logo. Never been a huge fan of it. It just could be a whole lot better. <laughs> it is if that's strong. the critique you have, yeah. I think they're doing a lot of things right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> It's nitpicky at that point, some would say. Uh, all right, you can my, go ahead, Taylor. Yeah. My my second winner is a is a team that we're all very fond of, and that's Campbell. Um, yes, sir. Yes. Now they did not get the sweep. Um, no. Boy, did they dominate. Uh oh, you had you had ace first ace on Friday with Keeler, and uh Campbell put up eight runs like it was nothing. And he shoved. Keeler's one of the best arms in the country. I said it last year when Campbell was in the regional. Uh, this is probably the best number two in the nation outside of Tennessee, who they were obviously yeah. playing. Cade uh, Keeler pitched for Team USA. On any given night, he's going to be able to give you a shot against anyone in the nation at any lineup. I mean, the Rutgers lineup was really, really good. It's fantastic. A, a team that obviously, like many people did say that they got snubbed from the tournament last year mm-hmm. and this like Rutgers is no slouch at all but Campbell Campbell really took it to him Campbell's losing Neto losing Harrington uh it didn't really look like it out there they were yeah. same old Campbell right there no they didn't they didn't skip a beat dude there was like they're the bats are really like, having Belbin and Pearson and company like back is so big for them and like you said Keeler's just, I like I thought he pitched well I didn't think that was his best performance of all time like the, he's just gonna get better as the year goes on which like I agree like with you like when he's on the mound, like he's one of those guys where it's like, I'll take him versus anybody. Like every time Keeler's on the mound, like he, you guys could be playing LSU. It doesn't matter. They could possibly win that game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like Lawson Harold too. Lawson Harold's mm-hmm. a guy. I mean, that was really kind of a role player last year. I mean, we saw him hit a home run. Yeah. Uh, damn. I love, I just love Campbell. Uh, yeah. We all do. So I want to see them do good. And uh, yeah, I think, I think there are a lot of people's uh, sleeper picks for Omaha for a really oh, good for reason. for sure. 
They're a really good team. I mean, we saw it last year, but you you almost expected them to skip a beat after you got two guys who are have that first round pedigree to them. Uh, but taking the series against Rutgers is huge, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do against East Carolina uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, a massive test for them, and really when you look at how dynamic this lineup is, uh, a lot of pieces, although you lost your best hitter from a season ago, a lot of pieces still uh, from this lineup that was a team uh, that really caught everybody's attention um, when they were playing in the regional a season ago. And I'm lo- really looking forward to, like Charlie said, Belbin and Pearson uh, continuing to try to be some of the best hitters of the country. Um, really, especially, I think that when we get into conference play, you're not going to see them lose many games. So that's going to be the cool thing. You fully expect them to dominate the Big South, uh, but challenging themselves before they run through that conference is very crucial. Yeah, and I'll say this last thing for, for my part. Obviously, we haven't heard from James yet, but um, like Cade uh, Boxrucker was not good on Sunday. But if you watch that game, like their control wasn't there. But if he gets that control going, because his stuff is nasty, so they can get Boxrucker going on Sundays. Like, watch out. Yeah, I mean, we saw like Boxrucker throw uh, for the Born Braves on the Cape and have a really good summer too. Yeah. I mean, this just not. It's not, you know, your your normal mid major with one good arm. I mean, it's it's four, five, six, seven deep. I mean, it's a really good team. Yeah, you gotta stay ready. And then my uh, my third and final winner, um, I'm gonna go out west. There's another team I'm really high on, and that's uh, that's UCLA. I think uh, UCLA, despite playing Omaha, uh, they still scored 23 runs. Um, that's that's really really good. This is a team that had basically all freshmen last year in Kenny Amaya, um, who or excuse me, Amaya. Uh, who's gone and it was a graduate and now this team is uh, just basically all sophomores and then with a guy like Alonzo Treadwell on the mound uh, he's one of the better arms in the country uh, you kind of thought on the mound at least losing Thatcher Hurd who we haven't seen thrown yet obviously uh, but losing a guy like Thatcher Hurd last year and then losing basically your real leader last year I, you kind of didn't really know what to expect but they're uh, they're ranked as highly as they are for a reason yeah, that's that's a great point, dude. Treadwell's sweet though. I love watching him. That's your herd throws tomorrow, by the way. He does? Fantastic. Yes. That's that, that's game. good. <laughs> that's insane that that's your midweek starter. You know, I'm yeah. like when we talk about LSU, but to talk about UCLA, it seemed like they weren't missing pitching too much. I mean, I know they're playing Omaha, uh, but with their dominance over Omaha, you think that maybe they could pay a visit to Omaha instead of having the University of Omaha come to their location Bar. in Los Angeles. They only allowed two runs over the weekend, a Southern Miss type performance on the mound. I mean, re- really, really impressive, uh, but we're going to find out really quick. It's going to be a very, very, very good measuring stick uh, when they travel to Nashville, Tennessee next weekend, um, which of course is a series that we'll uh, pick later in the show. But I was really impressed with UCLA. Um, I think that as a sophomore, you know, sometimes your sophomore year can be your best year, you know, after you you, you get thrown out to the wolves as a frosh. And so we'll see what this group can do. Obviously, they were the number one class in the country for freshmen a season ago. Yeah, true. Is, is it my turn now? Yes, sir. Oh, hell. Okay, so, well, two of them have already been talked about. That was, I picked, uh, Missouri was my first one. Um, I mean, they had arguably the best weekend at the college baseball showdown. Um, 
they came out and overperformed any expectations they they could have had. Um, and then I had Wake Forest. Uh, you go four and zero, score eighteen runs after having to wake up at seven in the morning. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty good. Brett Louders, I think he's the best pitcher in the country. I don't think it's close. I don't think anyone is debating that either. Um, I, th- I throw Dollander in there, but like I'm not gonna fight you hard on that. Yeah, it's it. It's not a. It's not a. It's not. Well, I mean, hey, it's just because he's got his picture behind him. <laughs> just because he's present in the meeting doesn't mean we got to bring him up. Okay? <laughs> true, anyway, true. Uh, my last one. Um, it's. I told I told Taylor before we started it was a bit out there. Uh, I picked Fullerton as a winner. I don't hate that at all. I mean, that's. I mean, obviously they won game one, eight to one, dominant, and then they come out. They they dropped the close one to Stanford, and then the the twenty one to thirteen one that Charlie, me, and Taylor were all in the yeah. space for watching live. And it's like, you know, when when Braden Montgomery has to hit a rope of a bases clearing double, <laughs> and then have to and then have to come out and save the game for Stanford to escape with that one. I mean, you had a pretty good weekend if you're Fullerton. I don't think there's anything to be upset about. I that I agree. I think I love it. They might have had the most impressive one and two weekend possible. More impressive than Tennessee's. That's damn right. That's for sure. Those are my winners. We already talked about the other two. <laughs> then I suggest yeah. this in favor of James. We do snake draft order, so he gets to go first with his losers. Then, so we're not poaching all his picks. Sounds good. Fair enough. Okay. Well, my first loser. Then uh, I picked Oklahoma State. Um, dropped two games. At the at the at the college baseball showdown, obviously the eighteen to one one versus Arkansas. That one, that's the one that sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, then the eleven to nine one to Vandy. Uh, a, a performance I highlighted was uh, Watts Brown. He went four innings, gave up three runs on seven hits. He kind of got rocked in yeah. his start this weekend. Um, and you know, me and Taylor both had him as a pitcher of the year pick for that conference. And he comes out his first outing and gets just rocked. They don't have a good weekend. You know, you get beat 18 to one at any level is not fun to go through. Um, I just don't think they had a very good weekend. No, that's fair. Especially like, I agree with you guys. Watts for sure is a good pick for pitcher of the year in that conference. And if obviously I'm not, we're not going to overreact in the sense of like long-term no, like, yeah, outlook, yeah. but like he, a lot does kind of rest on his shoulders with the key to this, this Cowboys team. Like if he's not going this year, this team is it really is you have to hit, you have to score like 12 runs a game to really, Get to that forty win mark. You really would, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't put his numbers out there to like overreact or anything, but yeah, you know, when that guy, when that kind of guy gets lit up like that, it's, it's got to be talked about. It's a long day. It's a long day. And the interesting part to me is those two teams tangoed three different times in the Stillwater regional last year. What it was 20 to 12 in a game, 14 to 10 in another game. I mean, Oklahoma state scored 29 runs against Missouri state in that Stillwater regional uh, last year. But I mean, they played three times and you thought, okay, this is going to be a banger. This is kind of, we kind of get to reminisce uh, on the high, highest scoring regional ever. And uh, what ultimately happened is that Arkansas did their share, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was more uh, so. 
Yeah, it, it was rough uh, in that respect, uh, like you said, because especially I think that and I fully am with you on Oklahoma State because their expectations uh, were so high. And we're not saying that they're not still high. You're at the college baseball showdown. You're going up against some of the best teams in the entire country. But uh, to lose 18 to one in seven innings against Arkansas after you already dropped one to Vanderbilt and escaped from Missouri, not a great weekend for a team that I feel like a lot of people are still really high on and think that they can compete in the big 12. And certainly uh, you think you have one of the better players and especially one of the better young players in the league in rock Riggio. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. Um, just one little note here before James continues, uh, just about Oklahoma state. I mean, uh, you have, you have Watts Brown. And like you said, if, if he has a bad day, I mean, you may not have a good weekend because they had a freshman, a true freshman in Brennan Phillips start game two and mm -hmm. that did not go their way as, yeah. as game three didn't either. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of work around that. I mean, losing, you have Watts Brown, but uh, losing Justin Campbell is obviously going to be, uh, I mean, he was a really real leader of that pitching staff, uh, Art and as well, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, absolutely, um, it'll be it's just gonna be interesting to see because, like we said, they have Cal Baptist tomorrow, and uh, this is a, a team that has high expectations. So, uh, sure. we'll we'll see if they get it figured out because the Big Twelve is uh, is is not nice. <laughs> I have a, I have a question. You guys might know this though. Is Matt Holiday back with Oklahoma State now since he left the Cardinals job, or she's chilling in Stillwater somewhere. I don't I don't believe he's I like don't, I don't think he's there. He's like at the title, but I, I'd imagine he's still yeah. on there. I'd hope so. Okay. Helping out or, yeah. Okay. Cuz that I mean, to me was still the the coolest uh pitching uh, not pitching coaching staff lineup there was out there last year. Him and I mean him and Jackson and Cody Bellinger were out there taking BP in January. So Yeah, that's oh, that there you go. That coaching staff is sweet though. I mean yeah. Robin Ventura, um Josh Holiday. It's pretty cool. Oklahoma but, should hire Nolan Ryan to troll Oklahoma State. <laughs> I mean, they just need to figure out their arms. That's really what it is yeah. for the Cowboys. They had two starters go less than two innings. But we'll we'll see what they can do. Uh, my next one, where y'all, where you had him as a winner, Will, I had him as a loser. I had Gonzaga as one of my losers this weekend, um, purely because. The opening weekend RPI boost you get playing at Texas Tech and the fact that you were in all four games yeah. for a, a considerable amount of time and you couldn't win any of them, that's tough. Um, I think you get one, maybe even two, and that, that's an RPI boost from the bottom. Like, you're getting shot up right there, and that's yeah. opening weekend, too, on the road, and they just couldn't get it done in, in games that I thought they were more than in for the most part. A hundred percent. I mean, that's fair. No doubt about it, because you look at Gonzaga. I mean, when you look at who are they, they're playing moving forward. It's like, well, they've got a three game set coming up at Tennessee. Like they've yeah. got Grand Canyon on their schedule. They've got Ohio State. So it's going to be interesting for for Gonzaga before WCC play comes where you expect them to dominate. But that really would have helped if they had a pretty record with a couple wins versus Tech, a couple wins versus another ranked team. Um, I think that's a great take right there. Yeah, because if they can't come away with at least a couple wins coming up soon, um, they're going to have to win the, the, turn, the conference to have a chance of getting to Omaha at that point, though. Because like, like James, you were saying, these are like, RPI but these are your resume builders to show that hey we may play in the weaker conference but you know we kick so and so's ass 
give us that bit. And if they, so now the pressure might become where boys better went out to get into Omaha. We just might be sitting at home surfing. We're not surfing. They're, what am I talking about? They're in Eastern Oregon or Washington. Oh. No, no surfing. That's even worse. They're just out there. Surfing the lake, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, water, um, water skiing. There we go. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we have this conversation about them. If, if the games, I don't think were, if the games weren't winnable, like they were in, I want to say three of the four at least. Yeah. Yeah, especially the last one when they lost by a yeah. run. Um, and ultimately – The first game they had a lead too for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, it that one that one hurts. I like, the, I like the tough love James is dishing out today. I'm liking the energy. <laughs> oh, well, this next one's not going to be much prettier. <laughs> um, I just want to – I just want to make sure my faith is known, but – the uh the Fighting Irish, the Catholics, football Jesus, and Notre Dame are my third loser. Um, I mean, you lost two or three to Lipscomb. That's, yeah, it's tough. You were an Omaha team last year. You lose two or three to Lipscomb. Uh, the biggest takeaway I got from it: the pitching staff struck out thirty-one hitters for them. That's a good thing. The offense struck out thirty-five times on oh, its own. No. That's not a good thing. Nope. <laughs> um, you strike out thirty-five times against anybody. That's how you lose two or three to Lipscomb. It's fair. It's not that's yeah, a it's humongous, a awful start for a team that was in Omaha last year. Thirty-five strikeouts to Lipscomb. That's that's uh. I bet you all they're not doing any fielding work. They're not doing any bullpens. They're just hitting this week. But that's all they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not good at math, but uh, thirty-five strikeouts as an offense in three games is uh, it's not very not very, very good for no. your chances. Is it success there? No, sir, it's not. That, that, hey, I'm, I'm not good at math either, but that math checks out, Taylor. <laughs> I think well, it was a weird weekend because I think the game they won, I think they struck out the most also. Like they were, I don't know, awful. Good Lord. Weekend. Good yeah, God. It's a terrible weekend. Hey, they're Irish. They'll drink it away, you know? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not in Indiana, an Irish. No, oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, going to. Going towards my losers, actually, um, James, you actually covered one of them in Notre Dame right there. So I'll uh, I'll go to UConn. Um, I think uh, UConn, as we saw last year, uh, they returned a lot of talent from a team that uh, almost beat Stanford at Stanford. And this is a team that uh, a lot of people are high on. And, uh, yeah, they didn't lose this. I mean, they split four games with Ohio State. But uh, this that's a if you're UConn you have to sweep that series like there's there's no other way about it you're not really gonna not that Ohio State's uh you know a, a, like at the top of the Big Ten but it's a Power Five program yeah and uh, it'll still like that's still gonna boost your resume I still I don't think UConn's you know like uh, done by any stretch of the imagination but I think that uh, without going you kind of expect this weekend uh, it kind of was just a bad look on open the weekend. Um, I think they'll be fine, like I said. But like I said, you can't you can't split that series. You, if you're that talented, you gotta you gotta at least take three or four. Yeah, I agree. That's it's definitely a gimme series. That's no disrespect to Ohio State, but I mean we can all agree there is one Power Five conference we're kicking out of baseball for a Power it's Five. The Big it's, Ten. It's, it's the Big Ten by a country mile. They've they've got football and basketball. They're great at those, but baseball and I can't blame them. It's hard to play baseball up north in Minnesota. You know. I agree with you, Tom. I don't think this one puts them out of anything, but it definitely does sting. I mean, this team won 50 games last year. Yeah. I mean, granted, you do lose Reggie Crawford. 
and that that's a big loss. But but, but even then though, he didn't he didn't play Reggie last year. Reggie Crawford didn't win fifty. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's just that team won fifty games last year. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> they've they've got it. They've got to at least take. You know, they got to at least win that series at the bare minimum. Yeah. If not sweep it. Like that's a win that's for Ohio State for sure. Yeah, exactly. Split. Yeah. And what about TJ Box up to? And obviously, I think that, yeah, I agree because UConn is a team that you're really high on year in and year out. Um, they're they're competing over on the East Coast, and they're one of the more dominant teams um, from that region consistently. I mean, you look at on a national level what they had. I know they lost, they did lose a lot of their rotation, but I think that yeah, you got to see uh, what they could do moving forward. See if they can't wash it away. It is opening weekend. Uh, but definitely something where you expected them to start maybe a little bit stronger because that's the success we've been accustomed to for the Huskies. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just going back to that, uh, when they matched up against Stanford last year, like I, I thought for every bit of that until it didn't happen that UConn was going to beat Stanford. I really thought that that was going to happen. Like that was – they they were really good, like you said. But – um, staying in the Big Ten here for my next loser, um, I'm going to go with Michigan, actually, uh, the rival of Ohio State. Uh, Michigan went 0-3 this weekend. Uh, obviously, they played they played Grand Canyon, which, as we know, are very two, two very good teams. But they, they lost to UC San Diego. And, uh, as like, Michigan, obviously, we saw them go to Game 3 of Vanderbilt in 2019. I mean, I know Eric Backage is gone and now at Clemson, but uh, you can't be – this is a team that made the rotation last year, won the Big Ten tournament, once again under uh, an old coaching staff and old regime. But uh, you can't lose to the UC San Diego. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to be really harsh about that. No, that's, that's even, fair. Even Tennessee beat UC San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, even those bums, those, those bums in Knoxville, <laughs> man. I would, I would go as far to say that wasn't even their worst loss. I think losing to Michigan State's worse. Because, listen, I agree that it's new coaching staff and everything, but I think we can all agree here – uh, reputation wise, Michigan's a very respectable program, especially in the Big Ten. And when you lose to your in state rival 15 to 8, like that's not acceptable, you know? That's just, you can't be doing that. It's a Big Ten football score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I think that, though, when you're on the topic of losing and uh, the quote, the word San Diego comes up, I think the one of the biggest losers of the weekend wasn't one of mine, but it just came up to my head is a, a game that ended at 16 to 16. Ugh, I know we're gross. talking about a different school, Nebraska, but uh, Rob, San Rob Diego, when you talk about uh, USD, uh, but no, to get back to your point, Taylor, I think that that's exactly right. That that's definitely a cringe worthy opening weekend. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, all all three of those teams, like we said, like Notre Dame, Michigan, UConn, uh, high, really, really just going back to UConn. Like, I'm, I love, I really am high on UConn. I mean, like you said, they won 50 games last year. Uh, if they if they want to make a run in the tournament, they they gotta they gotta figure some things out rotation wise. But yeah, if you're Michigan, obviously Michigan State, no, that can't happen. Most people don't even know Michigan State as a baseball team, to be honest with you. No, that's hundred percent facts. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you said that. You said that line. I hope someone put a specific team as a loser. Anyways, uh, am I up now, or Teddy? You have one more. I can't remember. Uh, no, I got my three because we already talked about Notre Dame. So you're... All right, cool. All right, my first loser team. We talked about a little bit. Okay, the schedule won't pop up. That's cool. That's okay. Uh, Tennessee's my first loser. 
Uh, number two team, they, they had the biggest upsets. You lose two or three in the opening weekend. You lose in front of Juan Soto. That's always a tough look. You don't love to see that. It, the caveat is they're good at losses in the grand scheme because it's GCU and Arizona. But at the same time, you're Tennessee. You're supposed to beat them, especially when you have Chase Dolander on the mound and the pitching staff. You got to put some runs together, and the offense didn't look good. Uh, yes, you don't have Maui Huna, which is a big thing. But at the same time, when you have the rest, yeah, essentially the whole rest of the roster with you still, uh, you got to do more. That's all I got to really say about Tennessee. I agree. Seven, seven runs. The pitching was great. Seven runs allowed on the whole weekend. And you can't put up enough. That's just crazy. Yeah, I talked to Tom about that in one of our spaces we ran. It's just like they're not they're not getting the big hit from a Drew Gilbert yeah. or a Seth Stevenson anymore. Yeah. Um it's the pitching staff is great. I mean, obviously the dude sitting behind Will over there. You got Chase Burns, you got Drew Beam, you got Ben Dwight's oh, yeah. brother, you got all of yeah. them. It's so the best and, staff. Um, well, I mean, Dolander did give up the homer with the Juan Soto True. interview. But that was right. sweet though. That was sweet. <laughs> he was like, Oh my god. Anyways, yeah, I agree with you there. I will say though, last thing I'll say because I want to let you guys talk for sure. Tennessee fans, if you're listening, I'm not low on you though. Like every like Burke and everybody else are super talented. I think Zane Denton was one of the most underrated transfers of the year this year. I, I was a big fan of him, Alabama. Maui, whenever he gets to play, is going to be an absolute game changer for sure. Like they're still stacked everywhere, but it's kind of like even though none of them are really freshmen, it's kind of like having new guys because since they were so loaded a year ago, they didn't get a chance to really play. So they're going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like uh, someone like Blake Burke, like I don't, I I think he had maybe less than around a hundred at bats, maybe less. I mean, ninety one, around yeah. Like uh, I mean, he's could be one of the best power hitters in the country. We don't know that yet, but they really just, even though they lost and everyone's kind of talking about it, I mean, they kind of just they threw the literally threw the game away. I mean, the defense didn't look good, didn't hit. Uh, it's really just their pitching is going to keep them in a lot of games for sure. I mean, it's the best rotation in the country. Um, I will say though, uh, TJ Nichols, that's a guy I've really, uh, yeah. for a while now. And I said this to James, uh, last week, if he gets his command figured out, he's going to be really, really good. And that, that's, the, was... that's the ones that a lot of people are, were expecting to see. And yeah, I think he, he was a lot of money. Good. Oh yeah. Can't I agree. Confirm. He, awesome. he said that. I can't confirm that Taylor said that. <laughs> All right. There you go. I was there. I was there. <laughs> All right. My second pick. Um, three of us are kind of winners in this. Will, unfortunately, I believe you're a loser because you did not watch. And that is anyone who didn't watch Fullerton versus Stanford on Sunday. <laughs> especially, yeah. watching. especially, oh, you were watching. Okay, oh, Will, yeah. welcome to the welcome to the winner's circle. Welcome to Victory <laughs> Lane. Especially if you didn't start watching the ninth thing. Because I admit, I was watching the whole game. And I came, and I'm like, okay, like, it's like, it was like 7, 6. And I went to go get dinner. Next thing I knew, it was, all, all shit was hitting the fan. Yes. That, like, I knew college baseball is back when Zach Lou hit that game tying home run. I felt the juices flowing in my veins. I felt the energy going. I was ready to jump out there. I was ready to shake the earth. Maybe I was all about it. That game was electric. 17 runs scored in the ninth and 10th inning, 17 runs in one game is a hell of a lot of runs in two innings. And one of them being extras is just preposterous. Um, I forget which one of you said it. We were on the spaces. And by the way, if you see us on spaces, stop by, say hello. Don't be afraid to talk to us. One of you said this game is drunk, and I'd go as far as say as this is uh this game that game was twenty first birthday drunk. You're ten tequila shots in, you're relying on your friends to keep your legs up. That game was absolutely hammered. I leave I leave the the drunk comments to the one that's of age to drink. 
<laughs> so uh, that's yeah. Him. There you go. Yeah, that that game was like that game was that game was ba- Baker Mayfield on Dixon Street drunk. It was Stetson Bennett um, <laughs> drunk. I mean, it was it was it was hammered. That was crazy. Exactly. I mean, that like just like you said. I mean, Fullerton. I mean, Tyler Stoltz shoved in that game. Yeah. That day. Absolutely shoved. What was it? Eight Ks and five. I mean, he was dealing I think so. against Go one of the I'm best. Good. Go, go ahead. I've got him as one of my rotation guys, so we'll get into the numbers when we get there. There we go. Because you said his name, so we'll get into the numbers when we get to that point. But yeah, yeah no, that game was sweet though. Like, even though they did lose, like you put up that many runs on Stanford, you gotta feel pretty good about your offense, nonetheless. Oh, I will yeah. say yeah. though, I will say to an extent, Fullerton kind of lost that game for themselves. There were some really bad errors at the end of that game. It was, it's like what, like what are you doing, boys? It's very, it's very early season college baseball of them which can be fixed for sure yeah they kind of just let it like snowball after allowing them those couple of runs to yeah. to score, take the lead there but like like zach lou hits the homer like you said i mean i i'm sure he said a lot of nice things to the pitcher coming home <laughs> kids behind home plate heard a lot of nice words that oh. um have or have not heard before but yeah i mean it is everything man like that that right there like we're, it's February twentieth as we're recording this, and we're getting some of that. Yeah, oh. I can't. Like Zach I said, a dog too. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. one of the best at his position, really across the land. He might not be in that top top conversation, but I think he's a guy who gets slept on um, at the at the corner infield spot. And I mean, he hit four seventeen over the weekend at Stanford. He's a really good player. I mean, he's a guy who has that notoriety. He's played in the Cape Cod League. He's good buddies with our friend Ryan Kevler, who's a friend of the show and um, want to see him have success for Fullerton. There's no doubt about it. I love that Fullerton's been re- represented multiple times uh, throughout the show as a winner and then also as a Charlie Bornoff loser for anybody who didn't see the end of that chaotic game and opening weekend so that's pretty cool yeah it felt like omaha in february and that's the best kind of thing you can ask for mm-hmm. and then my third loser is texas going zero and three on the weekend outscored 21 to 12 on the whole weekend i will say kind of like tennessee they weren't bad losses like vandy and arkansas are obviously very quality teams but same kind of thing with tennessee it's kind of the same thing you've got the reputation of being texas Everything's supposed to be bigger in Texas, so those losses feel a lot heavier than they would at a lot of other programs. And, and you know, you gotta, you just gotta do better. You gotta do better. You can't lose all three. Agreed. Agreed upon. I know they lost a lot. They were the number one team coming into last year, and then they were bad, and then they ended up being good, and then everyone's like, "Oh, it's Texas again." And then this year, you kind of don't know what to expect fully, but it's Texas. I mean, you you should expect them to be Texas. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, Texas is a team where like the word Omaha is associated with Texas more than any other t- program in the country. You know, they have that pedigree, no matter who's playing, you know, it could be us playing it well, but you're, it's for Texas. It doesn't matter, you know? So that is yeah. a very good point. Yeah. Tom yeah. said it. The Tom said, uh, I was going to say, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, Tom said, um, that said the same thing, basically that this, this class that Texas brought in all the transfers, either they'd be really good or really bad. Yeah. Like so, I agree with I agree with what you said there. Will, go ahead, Taylor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I will say though, like I like uh, really really impressed me from Texas as a re- returner and Lucas Gordon. I thought he yeah really well, um, but going toe to toe with uh, Hagen Smith, obviously that we saw. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> well, like, 
we could see this freshman class be really good. We could see it, uh, you know, be freshman pretty much. Um, but I kind of expected a program like Texas. I mean, just like you said, the, the pedigree. I mean, they're either going to sink or swim. I mean, is yeah. is really going to be. I I think they'll be okay. But yeah, you can't go in three on the weekend. Yeah, I agree. And then I have a I'm gonna cheat real quick. I have an honorary fourth loser, just because I saw it on Twitter today. And it's the ump who ejected Will Simpson for celebrating that home run for Washington today. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I did see that. What the hell was that about? He like he just for those at home like I if you're once you're watching on YouTube, he just runs around the bases normal, then like does a line with his thumb across his chest, and the ump's like, "You're out of here." For yeah. that's bananas. He wasn't. If that's what's gonna get you kicked out, don't breathe when you're running while you're at it. Too, you might piss somebody off. <laughs> I agree. Is BS. I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, yeah. what? I think that that's kind of a case of you want to get attention, you know. If you're a guy making a call like that, I mean, I don't know yeah, if you guys saw something different than I saw on the social media video, but I mean, that was a uh, that's very questionable, and I think that's putting it nicely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think you're up, mine. All right. Well, my losers, uh, first one, I do have some that are similar to you guys. I do have some that aren't. I'll start with one that's not similar. Um, and I would argue that this probably, I mean, when you talk about from a from a perspective of losing, um, this has to be arguably, if we're going to quantify this stuff, might be the biggest loser of the entire weekend. And that's every uh, single person that is in the pitcher's room for Northwestern. Their ERA as a team right now is at 18.75. They let up 56 runs over the weekend. As much credit as I want to give to Texas State, and they are a wagon um, it's Northwestern, uh, who, when you let up 56 runs, I think the biggest loser has to be looking at that earned run average. Um, no pitcher on that staff's pretty, and some of them are very ugly and it's going to take multiple series of shoving, uh, to come back down to earth, quote unquote, from, from, a, from that ERA, uh, oh, nearly 19, uh, for, for as a team right now. So that's my first big loser. Yeah. That's, uh, uh gross. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> I just remember throughout the weekend, like it's just like um Texas State scored again. They scored eighteen today. <laughs> oh, did they? How many did they scored today? They scored twenty four today. They only gave up five. It's like all weekend. It's just, yeah, Texas State was scoring, scoring, scoring. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure the talking point in the uh, next Northwestern practice today is, well, boys, we gave up three homers in a row to a freshman in his first three at bats, and Chase Mora that we saw. Um, no disrespect to Chase Mora because he's at Texas State and they're a great program, but um, I know that's what's going to be said. Um, yeah, maybe some other four-letter words in between that. Who knows? Oh, yeah. But it's kind of crazy. Uh, Northwestern had Sean Sullivan and Ethan O'Donnell, who are key pieces in the ACC at Wake Forest. <laughs> yeah. And then to uh, clearly they lost, uh, they missed them a lot with the, with the earned run averages as gross as that. Like you said, I mean, that's, yikes. Yeah, because, like, it's one thing – listen, like every, especially in college, like, it's one thing to have one game. Like, you know, it's just not your day. 18, like, it's just, wow, that sucked, man. On to the next. Then then the next day you give up 24. They're like, oh, man, that sucked. Surely it'll get better. And the same thing happens. Like, to do that in one weekend is kind of an anomaly. It's almost, oh, I dare dare I say it's almost impressive. They Dude, they gave up 12, 20, and then 24. Those were the, those were the totals for Texas. Oh, it just, got, it just got continually worse. That's it. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Just like just like Southern Miss's pitching staff is getting worse, uh, Texas State's <laughs> offense is getting a lot it's better. The exact, it's the exact yeah. same. And they James. meet totally and they agree. meet each other, and they're going to meet each other. I can't wait for that. But yeah, yeah that is uh, when you break a when you let a team break a single program record for runs in a series. Um, well, well, you must be doing something wrong, and that's what Northwestern's pitchers were doing. Uh, my next loser, just say say it quickly. It's Notre Dame losing two of three to Lipscomb. Your College World Series team last year can't happen. And then uh, my other loser is also Tennessee, and also the people uh, responsible for not having a Huna eligible. I mean, this is a potential first round pick. Um, <laughs> why aren't why isn't this all Big Twelve shortstop? Who's one of the best defense Defensive players in the country, um, one of the best shortstops in the country. Like he should be in that conversation with other, the other young men, like Jacob Gonzalez. I mean, he's that good. And, and for UT to self-report a violation that he took a a trip before his transcripts were sent over and whatever happened, I have no idea. But the fact that he's not playing is not good. And then to add insult to injury, they get Griffin Merritt back, the Cincinnati transfer. He had to sit out the first two games because he was accusing the umpires. He had a post game ejection to end his career at Cincinnati his second at bat back with Tennessee he gets hit in the face blood running down his nose but he stayed in the game so he's a dog for that and he finally got back after serving a two-game suspension so he's another transfer along with Ahunia and then you mentioned Denton onto this Tennessee roster but uh, th- those are my losers yeah no that's a great one and I'm just and it's because Will I'm reading from your notes we have here it's because Tennessee self-reported a flight they paid for for Ahuna. Like, that's the big issue, right? Well, the, yeah, I, kind the, of. I think. That's I don't, I don't, I've not read into it too much yet, but I have plenty of words I want to say about the NCAA. I think it's something to do with, um, like, you, you can't schedule a flight for someone that you don't have the transcripts in yet. Probably some logistical work with, like, having to have them on file, like, for a role okay. or something. Either way, it's stupid because we ju- were just robbed of probably the best two shortstops in America going at it on the same field. Jacob yeah. Wilson, Allie, you know, like that's, that's really right. Annoying. You're absolutely right. And the other thing that really gets my blood boiling about this too is you have almost a whole year to figure this kind of stuff out. This is a classic NCAA just going, we're not going to do anything about it. We don't care. We're just going to throw some BS on you. And it's the fact, it's not, it's listen, Tennessee is going to be okay without Maui Ahuna. Maui Ahuna's career could be in jeopardy to an extent, and a lot of money he could be lost because the NCAA is being a bunch of dumbasses about this. We're talking about a kid's career who intentionally left Kansas to go to the SEC to prove to scouts that he's that first-round guy, and they're robbing him right now of an actual chance to do that because of a fucking flight? That makes no sense. Well, there and there's no timetable for him to return either, so we don't know how long the process will take um, for him to get eligible. But you talk about the number two team in the nation – um, he's probably a guy that fits what to, I don't know if you hit lead off hit second form. Like he's going to be inserted yeah, right toward the top of the order, um, for this team, a guy who can clearly hit 400, but yeah, that's, that's all I could really find out is his eligibility issue stemmed from a level three recruiting violation because, um, in that Tennessee self-reported and apparently that's common to self-report, uh, minor things like that because they were approved to flight for him to go down to Knoxville before they receive transcripts. So I don't know why it's taking so long if they're digging in deeper to it. It was interesting because I remember I got so hyped that he committed to Tennessee during the regional last year. We're like, shoot, the number one team in the country is getting better. But yeah, that's so I, that's just a loser for me. Cause I want to see him play. That's, that's about it. Yeah. It's just, it's unfortunate, man. 
It is. So for starting rotation, is it snake drafting me now? Or is there, are we are we is it my jump of the gun on that? No, you're you'd be up Saint draft wise. You got back to back, big man. All right. So my Friday night guy is Jake DeLeo. Um, he was hit three home runs, had four extra base hits, six RBI, six runs. You love to see a hot start from a team that led the nation in batting average a season ago. I mean, and he was personally limited in games last year. Um, he only played 30, had some nagging injuries, but for Georgia Tech to get the sweep, you expect it over Miami, but individually, Jake DeLeo's a massive guy uh, to watch out for. So I think that you look at Georgia Tech, and I think that they're a team that you really could see that offensively uh, they could be as good as any in the ACC. Yeah, Tech, uh, they need to figure out the pitching, but the bats are certainly not going to be a problem this year, as as it usually is. Yeah, I mean. Which is it, something. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, all you, all you, my fault. I was going to say, it's something that we talked about in our ACC preview. We didn't know what the bats were going to look like yeah, because of all the production they lost from last season's team. Um, everyone named Kevin Parada, but um, yeah, for the bats to come out and do what they did, that was that was impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And they did it even without a guy who I expect fully to be one of their best hitters and Drew Compton. Like Drew Compton went three of thirteen on the weekend. He's going to be a big bat, but they still overall like they hit above three hundred as a team for the weekend. I know they're playing Miami, but like you know, Stephen Reed, Jake DeLeo, they've got some bats. I know also they lost my personal favorite pitcher in college basketball, college baseball, excuse me. This dude could be a dominant force on the basketball court, though, in Zach Maxwell from a season ago, the biggest body arguably in America who really was put on the seam after he shoved um, in the regional as well. They, they had to start the young man. He was the closer for almost a year. Uh, so unfortunately, they don't have him. But yeah, DeLeo's my guy um, and my pick after he was he was really impressive when you look at what he did and he hit three home runs and you know when he slug over a thousand it's pretty good too it's facts so my next guy in my roto if we run right through this let's see okay yes it's my saturday guy Josiah Cromwick. He's from Oregon. They swept Xavier. He was four of nine, three home runs, had a double four RBI. Oregon, they got the job done. And this was a guy that I, I didn't know uh, much about him before, before I was looking at Oregon. I knew, okay, you, you got a guy like Tanner Smith who's been an All-American coming back. But this was a guy who put together a really good performance and three home runs. That, that'll that certainly play for a weekend. Yeah, Absolutely. Oregon was good this weekend, man. They had to talk about they could have been a winner in their own right, too. Yeah, they really could. They, also, they... I was just say also, um, to reference some college basketball because you talked about it. Am I crazy? Or does Tanner Smith kind of feel like Aaron Kraft in the sense it's like, how the hell is this guy still in college? Because it feels like Tanner Smith has been in college as long as I've been like in high school almost. It feels like he's never going to leave. He's just got unlimited eligibility. Like, yeah. like Perry Ellis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Same way. They're just there's some I don't know what they're doing over there in Oregon to get him on the roster, but you know, props to you. He's a great player. Yeah. No, and he's I think he's gonna be somebody where you look at this guy and he's a he's just overall like he's been really impressive throughout his career. And I mean, you look at all the top ten categories at Oregon. Well, he's in nearly all of them uh, career-wise. I mean, he's holding the Ducks' career record for runs scored uh, already heading into his last year. So, yeah, he's done a lot of good things. He has a very lengthy resume for Oregon. So, I mean, he, he's a big-time guy, and I know that <laughs> he's going to help 
this team uh, makes some noise in what is the Pac-12. I really do think that. Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how much noise they'll make, but they'll make some. Uh, there'll certainly be some decimal levels uh, for Oregon. They had um, a fun game when Owen Diodati, uh, one of the my more favorite names in the game of college ba- baseball, uh, had a walk-off, but – Overall, he didn't impress with the bat a ton this weekend, but he made some plays with the glove, made had to walk off. Um, and and he's another guy on this roster who I think could be good for Oregon. Um my Sunday guy, we already talked about him a little bit. So briefly, Chase Mora hitting three home runs in your first three collegiate plate appearances. That's pretty cool. Not only that, you hit the seventh and eighth of the game, uh, which certainly did something special for the program, breaking a single game record uh, for home runs at a game with eight home runs at a game. So just to add more insult to injury for Northwestern's pitching staff, you let up eight home runs in a single game. Well, Chase Moore was able to set that record, hitting three home runs in his first three appearances. So those that's my weekend rotation. Uh, from the first week, yeah. Shout out to Chase Moore. That's such a that's such a cool way to burst onto the scene in college baseball. Like getting one home run's cool enough as it is, but doing three is sweet. Especially in San Marcos, Texas. I know he's having a time. Oh, for sure. He's probably jumping in that river. <laughs> All right, we're gonna continue with the guy who hit a lot of home runs this weekend. So my Friday guy is Nick Kurtz, first baseman for Rake Forest. Four home runs, four games, twelve at bats, ten RBIs. Seven walks, 500 batting average. Uh, he was the focal point of the offense for Wake Forest this weekend. He looked great. And, I mean, he's like Will, you tweeted out um, over the weekend. Kurtz and Will can probably the best uh, yeah, corner infield duo in the country. And, I mean, if he can keep doing things like that, especially when ACC play comes around, I mean, have fun, dude. Like that's He's going to be a nightmare for everybody. Yeah, he's one of the best first basemen really in the whole is. world. He really is. And he impressed. For sure. And then my Saturday guy, a guy we're all fond of. Will, I know you love him too. Taylor, James, I know you guys like him too. The whole country does. Paul Skeens is my Saturday guy. Taylor, I imagine you have him because I saw that wince in your face there. But six innings pitch, three hits, one walk, 12 Ks. The man was throwing gas, sitting high 90s. His stuff looked electric. And one thing that always really excites me, and I think you guys will agree with me on this, I hope you would, when guys are throwing that heat in the top of the innings, it's cool. Obviously, you expect that. When you're in the sixth inning and you're still throwing high 90s, you know, you're touching 99 or 98, that really gets the juices flowing because that means yeah. there's sustained velocity there. And oh, baby, you get, I don't just get pumped for it. I love watching pitching, and Paul Skeens is like, I'm not going to miss a start this year. No shot, I won't. Yeah, Skeens was like really, really impressive. I mean, everybody knows him now if you yeah. didn't know anybody. Uh, just another thing about him, like, he caught at Air Force last year when That's he came right. out <laughs> and hit four hole. Like, yeah, because that, because LSU's offense is so potent, we might not see him hit, which kind of sucks. It does. Suck. So good at hitting too. Uh, him, so I mean that that kind of makes a little more sense. I mean he's he's <laughs> one of, if not the best arm in the nation. Seriously, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, Jay Johnson did say that the possibility of him hitting down the road is not foregone. Like it could happen at some point. They're just worried about him being healthy. This is the main thing. So you're saying there's a chance. I like to hear that. There is a chance. Jay Johnson basically said he might hit at some point. Yeah, that's Um, true. Another thing about the start this weekend, um, this first pitch of the game, we're going to talk about adrenaline and seasons getting started. You're getting the ball first pitch of the game. 99. 
Yeah, must be nice, man. Must be nice. Oh, that. That's... I texted. I texted Taylor. I texted Taylor. I was like, "Skeen's first pitch, ninety-nine. He was like, "Of course it was." <laughs> He's just an all-American badass. That's what. Yeah, he is. he is. And that's the thing. Like he transferred from Air Force to be the Friday night guy at LSU, the number one team in the nation. And it's like crazy. Like it's hard to know if he should hit or not. I want to see him get a chance. Right. But yeah. it's like six innings, 12 Ks. That'll do a job. No runs, yeah. no problem. Uh, and when you got guys like K Beloso just begging for at bats, you know, and just such a good, I mean, it's crazy. Like when you look at how good LSU is and it's like Gavin Dugas who led the sec and RBI a few years ago is like a bat that isn't one of the first off your tongue. Well, that's pretty crazy. And he had, he had an incredible weekend too. He was like six of eight, but still like his his first hit was a homer. His first swing was a homer. Yeah. Yeah. And he had two over the weekend and that's a dude who like you might not have talked about before the year started as much as maybe a Dylan Cruz or a Jobert, but again, or a Trey Morgan, but he led the whole league in RBI a few years back. So it's like that. I I noticed that when they were talking about that on the cast, but yeah, when you can throw out Skeens and then Cooper, that's going to be tough uh, to beat. I mean, just, I mean, they're a tough team to beat. You could be the best team in the nation. So yeah, that's, I love that Skeens pick. Yeah, shout out to Riley Thank Cooper. You, Paul. Shout out to Riley Cooper. But I'll say the last thing I'll say about Paul Skeens is selfishly, I kind of need him to hit because I'm pretty sure Will and I both had him as our preseason All American utility player. So that's kind of a tough look if uh, he doesn't do anything. But, you know, that's okay. It's not small potatoes at that point. Another oh, guy, yeah. though, Sunday, UCF, sweet jerseys, the astronauts slash golden knights. <laughs> We're going with their catcher, the stud, a guy who I'm very high on, I think is a sleeper, is Ben McCabe on the weekend. 500 batting average, three homers, seven RBIs, and a double. He was absolute nails this weekend for a 3-0 and now UCF Golden Knights. They looked really good. They, I took them in the second round of the small school draft this year. McKay was a big reason for that, and I'm glad he's showing why right now. Oh, yeah. yeah they really they really kind of put the country on notice, I would say. Yeah. Um, not just the jerseys, but with their, their play yeah, as well. For sure. It, it was Siena, but at the same time, like when you beat the breaks off teams like that, it's still – Open some eyes for sure. Especially I'm still looking, looking for that hat. I hope you, James. I hope you find it. I, I really do because it is a sweet hat. Yeah, we were in the space and I sent it in. And I was like, I need this hat. Yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I need this hat. I wish baseball teams like sold more of their actual gear because I do. I'll stand by this. I in general, college sports has the best jerseys because there's so much variety. But like baseball, especially, dude, I would buy, own every single Cal State Fullerton jersey if I could. And they would have all my money. Tennessee, the same way. Like, I'd buy all of them. Texas, like, I, I would, Texas. It would be so irresponsible. Like my account would have to stop me. <laughs> McCabe, though, Charlie, that's Dog. a great pick. I mean, Dog. three home runs, six of 12. Um, that was unbelievable. But when you had that, it made me look up another guy. And this dude was just as good. Jake Tyser out of Old Dominion. I mean, this dude is six, he's six, seven, 245, and a transfer out of Colby Community College. He had 21 home runs last year, and now he's at Old Dominion. And he'd had a three home run game and the dude just raked the whole weekend. He went five of eight with three home runs and a double. Uh, that made me think of that when you talk about having three home runs in a game, just like McCabe did. Before we go to Taylor boys, quick trivia question. Who else famous alumni from Colby community college? Does anybody know? 
Um, I believe our good friend Stephen Schock called him the Hurtin' Albertan. Yes, sir. Eric Sim, baby. Yep. <laughs> I've actually I've actually stayed the night in Colby, Kansas before going to Colorado. So shout out to the Beehive, a fun dive bar down there. Shout out. Okay. Uh yeah. I was gonna say, uh, like Colby's Colby's not a place you want to stay, that's for sure. But uh there's really nothing there but the JUCO. But yeah, they clearly produce just absolute monsters that yeah. hit at the division one level. Yeah. Um I'm I'm I can't remember the name, but the old Dominion last year. Almost led the country in home runs. Yeah, big Canadian guy. Same same community college too. Like that's something in the water, man. Both that's that a old pipeline. That is a pipeline. The and, West um, Kansas. You're, t- you're talking about Matt Kootenay, I think 27 home runs from him. Yep, a season a ago. Um, that's pretty crazy. So back to back years, you get Colby guys who are looking like all the Americans. Ticer is even bigger than this dude, too. Like, Tyser's a guy you guys got to watch. But, no, not to steal uh, Charlie's thunder. His Sunday guy, McCabe, was great. Also, shout-out to Mac McCorsky of Oral Roberts. He had a three-home run game, too, the only three in the country to do that. All right, Taylor, you're up, man. Uh, Yeah, and my uh, we, we actually talked about him earlier, um, but I'll actually save him for last because this guy, this guy is really underrated for a really good team. Jack Caglione. Uh, mm-hmm. from Florida. He's going to be my Friday guy. Uh, he, he Jack Caglione, as we know, like last year, he's a two-way guy. He had Tommy John as a freshman, so he just hit last year, and he hit absolute moonshots. Um, I saw a lot of them when Oklahoma played in the regional. Uh, he's a very, very good hitter. Uh, he came in from as a lefty arm uh, this weekend. Six and two-thirds, two hits, one walk, nine Ks, up to 99. Uh, <laughs> I'll play. Uh, with the rotation with Waldrop, and Brandon Spro and Neely, and uh, now Caglione. I mean, yeah. and Pierce Cole in the midweek. Yeah, Florida's. I mean, look out seriously with with the offense as good as it is with Ryapel and Wyatt Langford. I mean, Wyatt, yes. <laughs> right, like right now, Caglione. Obviously, I don't think he will be this, but Caglione, if he pitches, could be a midweek starter. Yeah, for sure. If he's like Throwing that, back. absolutely. Yeah, like I love that pick. I really do. That makes us talk about Cagley, think about Florida. Cagley really, I didn't know he had that. To be honest with you, like just going back to him, like I really didn't. No, and didn't he either. just one fastball. I was like, oh, okay, well, makes sense. Shout out Kevin O'Sullivan, right? Yeah, honestly, and, he finds him. The crazy part is Florida might not even need that great of pitching with Josh Rivera, Wyatt Langford, and then and then you 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 know that they have the bloodline of home runs. Uh, with Derek Fabian on the team, you know how much home runs yeah. Judd hit. I mean, he's going to pass that home run wisdom on to, to his bro. So that, I mean, and then their pitching is just dogs. I mean, just do- Hurston dog. I mean, that's Sprout dog. I mean, man, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be really fun to see. I, I'm, I'm already, Florida's nasty. Dumb, dumb question, but I just never do. Judd Fabian's real name is not Judd, correct? Oh, I don't know. Does anybody uh, know? As far as I know, it it is. That's what they said. That's what I've draft. heard him as. Just because no disrespect, you know, the Judd's family or anything. Like, that's a crazy thing to name your child. <laughs> but, and then they renamed the other one Derek. And then, yeah, and like what? Derek you and know, Judd. And then, I don't know, because their parents are named Eric and Jenny. So Eric and Jenny maybe wanted a Judd and a Derek. You know, you well, never know. If it was, yeah, true, I guess, but maybe they're like, oh crap, we kind of went overboard. Judd, we got hey, to it back in real quick. But Judd, it was a dog. I mean, one of the Judd. best home run hitters we've seen in the last couple of years in all of college Absolutely. baseball. So, 
Yeah. For sure. Hey, he's way better than baseball than I ever was. That's for damn sure. Oh, but way better uh, my, than uh, humans. My Saturday guy is actually going to be um, speaking of speaking of Florida and O'Sullivan. Um, going back to Sean Sullivan. Uh, I think Sean Sullivan, like we mentioned earlier, um, I didn't know North. I guess he was just hiding at Northwestern, yeah. throwing 90, or 95 from the left side. Um, this guy, I don't know if he's going to be a starter, where his role is going to be, and a really loaded way for his pitching staff, but – I mean, like you said, four innings with 10 Ks, that's you're you're really doing something right. Yeah. I mean, those six hitters. Yeah. Uh, mid nines, men's mid nines with the slider that he had. I mean, Sean Sullivan, really, really impressed. I think he's definitely made a lot of money already this weekend and he's gonna oh, continue. For sure. He's probably the lead uh for um like sleeper transfer of the year, like best ROI probably right now. And I agree. Like I didn't know anything about him until this year. And I was like, yeah, he was hiding out there in Chicago somewhere. He had the best performance of the weekend. I think for pitchers, when you really look at what he did in the circumstance that he did it making his debut for the demon Deacons, not to mention the demon Deacons were a top 10 team. He came in and said, okay, I'm going to get some innings this year. Cause that's kind of how yeah. it goes sometimes first weekend. I said, yeah, hell yeah. You're going to yeah. get innings. <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. You're going to back up right louder. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I would love to come in after Rhett Lauder, that is for sure. Okay. Uh, my Sunday guy, though, is um, also going to be someone we kind of touched on here, um, Alonzo Treadwell. Uh, I love Alonzo Treadwell. I think that he is going to uh, possibly win Pac-12 Pitcher of the Year. Uh, I picked Quinn Matthews, but don't be surprised if Alonzo Treadwell wins that award. Uh, six innings, 10 Ks against Omaha. He looked like the Friday night guy that he will be for UCLA. Uh, really kind of like answered all the questions. Oh, what, what can we do without Thatcher Hurd? Well, Alonzo Treadwell might be just as good, if not even better. And I mean, a, a six, eight righty two coming downhill at you. I mean, that's imposing really good fastball. I mean, four pitch mix. He's, if that's my pitching rotation right there, I'll, I'll take Alonzo Treadwell on a Sunday. That's for sure. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good pick. I like that Treadwell pick. I really do too. I mean, and people forget, like he had a great, he had a 2.1 ERA a season ago. Like uh, you talk about coming out six innings, 10 Ks, like you mentioned. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing um, after six shot out what he can continue to do this year. And now I can kind of see why, you know, your consensus, you know, preseason all American in every single respect. I love six, eight big guys humming. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, like I said, absolute gas is um, he's going to, Pac-12 is loaded, and uh, I'm re- I'm ready now to see him pitch against Stanford. I'm just going you know, to throw it out. That's going to be that's going to be high level. That'll be sweet. I'm ready for Vandy this coming weekend. I mean, oh, shoot, yeah. I can't wait to get into this. Yeah, it's going to be big. Is it my turn? I believe so. Sir. So my Friday night guy, you already touched on it. Is Paul Skeens? Um, you see the backdrop. Obviously, I had to put him <laughs> on there when he goes. He goes for an LSU record for the first start of his career: twelve Ks, one walk over six innings, three hits. Was like he says at ninety nine. Slider looked good. Changeup was at ninety two. <laughs> That's gross. I saw Ben McDonald was on the was on the was on the call. He was like, "I gotta feel bad for these Western Michigan guys. They probably haven't seen ninety seven their entire life, and he's throwing basically that on a changeup." <laughs> Um, just an unreal outing. Uh, we've already touched on him. He's going to have amazing stars. I'm going to be at the A&M series. So oh, him versus Nathan ass. Detmer. 
That'll be oh, it'll be so good. That's gonna be good. Um, my Saturday guy. I mean, we're gonna say his name. Both all both podcasts are gonna say his name all year. It's Tanner Hall. Yep. Um, five innings, one hit, five strikeouts. Just did Tanner Hall things. Um, <laughs> yes. It just, I mean, that's the best way to put it. I mean, he's a dog. He's he's up there with the with the Rhett Louders of and the Dollanders of the of the country. I mean, you're gonna. I mean, this isn't the. I'm probably not gonna be the first. Or the only time you're gonna hear his name. Yeah, for in sure. In this rotation oh. segment, you'll have. Yeah, and you could um, say you could even. Oh, sorry. Um, no, you're good. Go ahead. You're good. You could even say that was a down game for Tanner Hall, only having five strikeouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, only five gotta, K's. Come on. We gotta trim those numbers. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then my Sunday guy, uh, I went with uh, Tyler Stoltz. Mentioned him. I said he has numbers up there. He went five innings, two hits, one earned, seven Ks, which is impressive of itself going against Stanford. Yeah. Then you get a little bit more into it. Uh, really, it's the it's the it's the Fullerton staff that game. Um, Bowser was over four with three strikeouts. Tommy Troy was over four with two strikeouts. Montgomery was over three that game. Um, Tyler Stoltz, Cade, Bowser, and Tommy Troy a combined four times. That's elite. That's that elite. is so, I mean, to to do that to do those kind of numbers on those yeah. hitters. That's that's crazy. That's great. Those are great. That's great perspective. Yeah, you, that's you're mentioning pull. some of the best hitters in the nation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I'm I'm actually I'm looking forward to seeing what he yeah. can do now. Um, yeah, doesn't that make it even fantastic. crazier though? Stanford's offense put up all those runs with those guys not <laughs> contributing whatsoever. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, that, it was that that curveball he had was impressive. I mean, that was oh, sick. That was that was next level. It's gross. That was. One, I was not expecting that from a Sunday guy. One more thing I want to add about Skeens. Um, did you guys see that Western Michigan's flight got canceled and they had to take a bus down? Yeah, that was crazy. Yep. They had to take a bus down the day before they played the three game series against LSU. Um, at 5 a.m. they left the day before they had to go face Paul Skeens. Yeah, that's no, five that's all the way down to the bayou. From... Yeah, that's sorry. <laughs> that's terrible. I'm not going to feel sorry. sorry for anyone on the schedule. It's 56 and 0 season this year. <laughs> to be fair, we played, to be fair, me and James played NAIA baseball, so nothing surprises us. So that's fair. It's no. fair. <laughs> but like that, because oh. like it's oh. it'd be one thing to like do a 10 hour bus ride like normal sized people, like just civilians, you know. But these are all D1 baseball players. So it's not like these aren't comfortable seats. Like I we had a teammate, um, Alex Pribble. We'd have to sit when we go to Iowa. I just next to him when we'd go to Iowa football games. And he's just these big old broad shoulders. He'd pin me down in the in the corner of the bus without him trying. Just I'm just stuck behind him the whole time. And all those are just crammed in there for 10 hours. Like that's awful. Yeah, it's face like, all schemes. We we can stretch it out even further. I mean, how many days in the offseason do you think they spent outside? Not not even a full week's worth. It, it was four days. Um, four days. Friday was their first time on an actual baseball diamond. Um, their first, their only practice outside, if you want to call it that, was on a parking lot. Oh, um, my God. So their first time on a baseball field since August was against Paul Skeens. After that bus <laughs> ride. Yeah. After the bus ride, yeah, we just it, it just domino effected. Yeah, like, that's, that's, it's, 
Welcome to so, college. We'll Welcome see to how, hell, boys. We'll see how uh, Western Michigan does moving forward. And I kind of want to see, you know, yeah. it was kind. it's kind of like a weighted bat. Like you have the donut on playing LSU and now you take it off yeah. and you actually don't have to play LSU. Because so, if you play anybody else, it, it will be a uh, weaker competition. So that is, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. I'm kind of rooting for them. That's just, that's like everything that could go wrong went, went wrong for them. That's bananas. Sheesh. Happens for teams really up north, pissed. though. They don't get outside yeah, it does. Much until it really does. weekend. Um, it's true. So now do we all move right. on to our picks? Yeah, I suggest yeah. we go just game by game. We all give our picks. All right, sounds good. That um, way we can actually so overview it a little too. Are we? Are we? Are we talking? Yeah, as I say, are we? Are we debate? Are we like talking about it too? Or are we just like like we can, can talk, talk about, about it? it. Um, cool. I would think there's much to, to debate though because it's opinion, but we can. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm just like, okay, are, we, yeah. are, we just, are we just saying like, you know, oh, you know, UNC wins. This, are we just doing that? Or are we, we hey, James, if you think one of my picks is insane, feel free to torch me. For oh, it. yeah, yeah. You can come at heads for sure. But I just, I mean, I, I these are bangers. So it's like a lot of mm. these are toss ups. Um, yeah. So the first one's number 12 UNC at number 11 East Carolina. Um, Obviously, when you just say the rankings, the teams, um, knowing that it's UNC, North Carolina versus East Carolina, that adds a ton of weight to it. I think this is the probably the must-watch series of the weekend, although that's maybe a hot take since there's three top 25 matchups, one including the reigning champs and then one including UCLA and Vandy. But I think UNC and East Carolina is going to be a fantastic series, um, of course. And, I, I mean, I cannot wait to see old Vance Honeycutt go up against some amazing outfield play of East Carolina. I mean, that's good. This is going to be a really, really, really good series. Uh, but my answer is going to be UNC on the road. I think they're going to make a statement. I too am going to go with UNC just barely. Really? I don't, I don't know. It's that one's like, it's a toss up, but the thing I, even, I don't really care if I get this one right or not to be totally Jacob honest. Jenkins though. But what I am excited about <laughs> is, the fact that we get to see two of the most electric guys in baseball, Vance Honeycutt, who I'm a big fan of, and also Jacob Jenkins Coward at the same time. Like, that's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, this is going to be – this is probably, if not um, the best, the probably the second best uh, series of the weekend here. Yeah. Uh, I believe the only deciding factor for me um, is that ECU is at home. So for that, yeah. I'm going to take – I think ECU wins at 2-1. to one. Um, I think that could be a much different story if it were in Chapel Hill. Uh, like I said, Jacob G- Jenkins Cower, seeing Vance Honeycutt go against arms like Carter Spidey, um, Jacob Starling's back. I mean, the the postseason hero. Um, ECU had a defensive tackle in right field who called a home run. I mean, the jungle's going to be rocking. It will you be. You got the video that we had. Uh, they said time to get lathered up. It was 9 a.m. and they were going at it out there in February. I mean, this is Welcome that, to that fan base is Electric. Uh, the the atmosphere is going to be an Omaha atmosphere. It's going to be awesome to watch. It will be. I'm excited for it. Well, I'm glad that we're split even. I'm glad. I'm glad me and you are the ones that do fungo <laughs> talk, Taylor, because I went with ECU too. Um, but I went with a sweep. Ooh. Um, the only uh, the only reason I said that was, um, you know, Van Tunnicut had a had a pretty good weekend, and in in the the two games, there's one game he didn't do. Uh, very hot in, but in the two games that he performed, no one else performed around him. Really, yeah. I mean, that's that that was the question: is like, what does UNC have outside of Honeycutt? 
Like, mm-hmm. how, what you know, because I, I think that's what I said in the ACC preview. It's like that team's going to go as far as he takes them. Um, and if he's not on, is the rest of the team going to be on? Like, that's that's the leader. And it's like if if that ECU rotation proves too much for that kind of hitter, what's it going to bode for the rest of the lineup? That is fair. Yeah, those are totally legitimate uh, concerns for UNC. I will say that I do like two other guys in that in that batting where like I think can do some serious damage. And like you said, like Fantonica, I do agree. No matter what, like he's the star. He's their Mike Trout. He's going to take him as far as he possibly can. But I do really like Mac Horvath. And mm-hmm. if you get uh, Osuna rolling, that dude has crazy power. That's the thing, though. You're right, you are right, James. The fact is, Osuna could put up five home runs in a, in a series like nothing. But at the same time, he also go zero for ten with eight Ks. So it really depends. Like, so like I, the sweep doesn't sound as crazy as I thought it was. Now that you say that, I give, I, I see, because, I see the, vi- I see the vision. Tomas like, like Frick as, as, too. Yeah, Catch because him. as often, like Honeycut is going to perform. Yeah. Like more often than not, he's gonna perform. Like the other guys have to step up, and that's that's why I thought it was a sweep. I think if it's just if it's too much for him, the rotation and the bullpen for ECU. If that's just too much for him, I don't know how much well how much better it goes for the rest of the lineup. It's fair. And the jungle too. I mean, that's jungle's in <laughs> Yeah. No, I like that. I definitely do. I think that that's just going to be a great series. Like we talk about the atmosphere. You talk about two teams over in the Carolinas getting after it too. I mean, it's a top 12 matchup at the end of the day. Like, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun to see and you're going to get to see, you know, uh, how these teams match up with. I mean, this is kind of a, this feels like it's a super regional type <laughs> type of it really uh, does. matchup in this one. So another one that feels similar um, in terms of being a super regional is number 13, Maryland at number four, the reigning champs, Ole Miss. Um, I'm going to rock with Ole Miss. Um, I think that they're just going to, I mean, Ole Miss is one of the most electric places in the world. Uh, when you talk about college baseball, um, and not only that, they have one of the best players in the country on their team. I know one player doesn't win a game, but that certainly doesn't hurt uh, when you talk about what this team can do. And I think that you think about the SEC and you think about baseball just in general. I mean, one guy at the end of the day, he can do a lot of things for you. Like, I feel like a lot of people forget Ole Miss was a team that was last in the tournament last year and they end up winning it all like and, and a big reason why is they have so much momentum uh, I know they lost a lot of bats but obviously you can very clearly see why DOG is going to be all against their name and I'm actually excited to see what they could do because playing Delaware is whatever but playing Maryland is going to be nice uh, coming up yeah. this weekend and I think they'll get the victory in Oxford for sure it's fair my heart says Maryland my brain says Ole Miss I'm going to go with Ole Miss, but I will say this. I think this series is decided on Friday when Savakul versus Elliott goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoever wins that game, I think, is winning the series. So it could go either way. I think Ole Miss does have a little more talent overall. Like the high end talent's a little is better than like Jake Gonzalez is better than Matt Shaw, but Matt Shaw is still a great player in his own right kind of deal. I'm also a big Kemp Alderman guy. I think he's going to have a great year this year. Uh, I'm going to stay with Ole Miss. Home field advantage is definitely going to help. I know I didn't go with that in the previous pick, but like, I don't know. That's Ole Miss team is, they're different, man. They're different. And the other thing I'll say is 
um, not only Gonzalez, Charlie, but this lineup, I feel like is just going to be nasty. You forget about Ethan Groff. You forget about Peyton Chattanier. You forget about Calvin Harris. You already mentioned all, you already mentioned Alderman. I mean, Peyton Chattanier is, I think, one going to be one of the guys to watch this year. If you you didn't already know him last year from their big run. So, and we, yeah, we didn't even get to their pitching staff yet. Mr. Mr. Elliott doing, uh, doing just otherworldly things. Xavier Revis coming from a D2, getting a big on last year. Yeah. I mean, you talk about that. I'm actually pumped that Xavier Revis actually got the start for him. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, (laughs) that's amazing. After we saw him pitch in the great lakes Valley conference, a conference that Quincy university competed in last year. Now he's going to start for the, for the reigning champs and went four and a third with eight strikeouts. Not bad. Didn't allow one earned, but yeah, other than that, that's going, he'll get a test against Maryland. There's no question. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to stick with that too. I'm going to, I'm going to take Ole Miss as well. Um, I think this is a series that um, if you look at it really as a casual fan, oh, okay, Ole Miss is going to win that. Um, Maryland's no slouch. I mean, if this were, yeah. at, if this were, at, it wouldn't surprise me that if this were at the Bob, um, that Maryland might take this series. Um, but like you said, with the atmosphere in Swayze, I think um, it is going to be decided on Friday with that um, ace versus ace matchup. Uh, but I think it, Hunter Elliott's a big game pitcher. I mean, we saw it last year as yeah. a fresh stage that he did. I mean, he really was kind of the main reason pitching-wise that they won it. Um, I think Ole Miss wins it, but I think these are really close ball games at all three days. Yeah, for sure. I went I went Ole Miss, too. Um, I think the Swayze effect is too much for, for a team like Maryland. Um, I, I, I You said his name, and, you know, me and, me and uh, Taylor interviewed him last year. I think Ethan Groff's going to play a big role. I mean, this guy, Tom will tell you, Time and time again, he was on pace to be an All-American last year before yeah. he got hurt. Um, was it over 400, was it? Something like that? Something ridiculous. It was around. Yeah. Uh, I just think the pitching staff is too strong for Maryland. I think um, the high-end talent is better. I think playing at Swayze is a different animal. Um, I, I'm rolling with Ole Miss. Yeah. In the I other knock. Question, go ahead, go ahead. I'm doing this at work, and I kind of got to dip soon before the alarm goes off. Can I finish my picks real quick, and then yeah. y'all can finish the episode normal? Got you. Um, so for the UCLA Vanderbilt series, um, I went Vander. I went Vandy two one. Um, I think the Vandy offense versus the UCLA pitching staff is a is an unstoppable force versus a movable object kind of thing. Because um, that Vandy offense is electric, and then the UCLA pitching staff is dominant. Yeah. Um, I think Jake Brooks is the key for that one for UCLA on a Friday. Um, And then Southern Miss, Illinois, I went uh, Southern Miss in a sweep. The only note I put in was the pitching staff, uh, the pitching staff stats from this past weekend. I think that's all you really need to say about that one. (laughs) Um, I think Southern Miss wins that one in a sweep as well. It's fair. So, What about Charlotte versus Army? I went – I went, I went the 49ers in a sweep. I'm sweep heavy today. I like it. Um, You're calling a shot today, out, James. Hey, Army struck out 28 times in their three-game series of the Air Force, and Ugh. Charlotte struck 36 hitters out against Ball yeah. State. Um, Paxton Thompson's going to be huge out of the bullpen for Charlotte. Um, he went four and a third with two hits and eight Ks out of the bullpen this last weekend. Um, I just think the pitching staff for Charlotte is just too much for Army's uh, offense because Army's offense was really slow 
getting going this weekend. Um, they scored a fair amount of runs, but it was all late game stuff. Um, I think Charlotte's going to come out early, and I think that the pitching staff is going to not waver too much. Yeah, so, I like those takes. So that's what I went with. If I'm wrong, Love you it. can tweet at me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll be. I mean, I'll be wrong plenty um, all year. So. It's it's whatever to me, me and Chucky. One of us will be right. One of us will be wrong this week because we have the same picks. But either, either yeah, way, true. either way, um, no, that's those are big. Appreciate that. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys. The alarm is about to go off. So I gotta, of course. Thanks for coming to, on, right, James. Thanks so See much, man. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So See much. You, man. That's James from Fungo Talk. Give him a big, 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 big shout out. Uh, Fungo Talk is the goat. So, um, also. As we continue here, Southern Miss, Illinois, I'm going Southern Miss. Um, their, their pitching staff is just nasty, kind of just to echo what has already been said in many different respects. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but I got Southern Miss. Yeah, I'm going Southern Miss as well. Um, I will say, though, like there's the better team. This star, they have a lot of experience. I'm a big Slade Wilkes guy, like cool name, cool player, cool bat. It all works out for him. I will say, though, on Illinois side, for like the fans out there, watch out for Julius Sanchez, the Sunday guy. He's a f- true freshman. Wasn't like he didn't do like incredible against Wake Forest, but he had a pretty solid performance, sitting low nineties. Like it's kind of a fun pitcher, could be a future Friday guy for Illinois. So look out for him. Yeah, I'm taking um I'm taking Southern Miss as well. Um, I think Southern Miss is obviously one of the best teams in the country. Uh, they they answered the question really. Um, what's it gonna look like without Waldrop? Yeah. Um, it looks just about the same, honestly. I think Southern Miss. I I kind of agree here. I think they're gonna sweep. I think that they're I'm going to sweep a lot of people, to be honest with you. I like it, it's really no knock to Illinois at all. Uh, Southern Miss is is ranked where they are for a reason. I don't see falling much. No, they're for sure stacked. Also, real quick, I don't know we talked about. It. I was going to say also in the Maryland Ole Miss game uh, series two. The other thing with Maryland is they don't have a ton of depth pitching wise at this point right now, like they did a year ago. So like it could get if it does get ugly, it's going to get ugly for them early, and it can be a very long weekend for the Terps. That was, that's all I got to say about that. So what, we got UCLA Vandy now? We do, and I think okay. this series is going to be a banger. I agree with Pamela request. Go. I'm really torn on this one now. Can I go last? I want to hear – I feel like Taylor's going to go UCLA, and I want to hear his sales pitch. Okay. All right. Well, I'll go first then, I guess. Uh, yeah. Taylor will go second. Um, I'm going Vandy. I think that Vandy impressed going to and one in their opening weekend in, in different respects, although maybe they had a game that was questionable. Don't get me wrong, but they've got a guy named Carter and that's all they need to win one. And then they just need to win another. Uh, but the guy named Carter is going to be going up against another guy that has a very nice name. I mean, UCLA, I mean, that pitching staff was nasty. So we're going to, I think, I don't think we see many runs in Nashville, Tennessee with both of these staffs being uh, pretty quality in UCLA. I think that I am make no, no qualms with picking UCLA. I think they do things at a very high level in many different aspects of life. Um, especially what they did this past weekend. But I just think Vandy at home, uh, kind of your guys' reasoning uh, for for what happened with uh, East Carolina winning, that's kind of what I have for Vandy when it's so close like this. Yeah, and um, you read my mind here, Charlie. I'm going UCLA, and uh, like you said, the pitching staff, Alonzo Treadwell 
is like I, I love Alonzo Treadwell. I think no one really talks about him. I, I think it's really just because I mean it's on the West Coast, the whole time zone thing, yeah. and, and the twelve network. But that's oh. another. Uh, but like Treadwell, this team is young, um, and also uh, to Vandy too. I mean, this is still Vanderbilt. Don't get me wrong. This isn't the Carson Fulmer, Dansby Swanson, Tyler Beatty Vanderbilt. Like this. Yeah. Carter Holton's a great arm. Carter Holton's an All-American arm, and they have arms outside of that, obviously, as well. But I don't think they have the depth that they normally do. And I think that's kind of why we saw them um, drop a few games last year that we really aren't accustomed to. Um, I think UCLA, even in Nashville, I think that's tough. But I think UCLA kind of makes a statement in Nashville, kind of similar to what Tennessee did last year. Tennessee went in there, and they obviously they swept, and everyone's like, all right, they've arrived. I don't think UCLA is sweeping. But I think UCLA wins this series. Mm. All right, I think Taylor's talking into. I'm going to take UCLA. I was going to go Vanderbilt. Um, the only worry is for me though, not worry, I guess, because Taylor got a good point. Like, like this is still Vanderbilt, obviously, but this is not one of those Vanderbilt teams for sure. Uh, but at the same time, I think this is similar, like I said, to Ole Miss Maryland in the sense that this series could kind of be decided on Friday when you have Trevor Tr- and Holt might be one of the more underrated pitching matchups this mm-hmm. weekend. Because like yeah. I do agree, I think Treadwell's a dog, and I do agree like Pac-12 Network for all its problems is one of the reasons on top of just being on the West Coast. And I would even go as far as say too like he just kind of got overshadowed because like he was one of the top arm recruits, but like he wasn't that you heard, and that's who everyone was talking about a year ago. So we did get to hear about him as as much. And also, um, shoot, there's another guy I can't think of his name, but it's another story for another time. I'm gonna go with UCLA as well. Um, very excited though to see uh, Carter Holton versus uh, Cody Schreier. That's gonna be really fun to watch. As well as other side of the ball, um, Treadwell versus Bradfield should be electric as well. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, Bradfield's going to be just running around the base paths, and I think it's good. It's going to be fun to see. Um, do they have the two most – Do is this the most athletic center field matchup possible with Malachi Knight and, and um, Enrique Bradfield? It's got to be. I don't know what else might be might be better than that, to yeah. be honest. Honestly. Yeah. No, no fly ball is getting anywhere near the ground in that center field. And then you – and then Parker Nolan is another really good player for Vanderbilt too. Um, but Carter Holden, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch against UCLA, a really good team because three and two thirds for him and two earned isn't the Carter Holden performance you'd think. Um, yeah. That's what he did to start the year. Like a Carter Holden performance is like, you know, five to seven innings with three or less runs allowed in SEC action. Like um, I think he he has the ceiling to have the notoriety. He has the stuff. For sure. I mean, you're not a Friday night guy at Vanderbilt if you don't have the stuff. And I think he has the stuff to be one of the most pure arms in the nation because his accuracy and his command, when that's on, he's been unhittable at times. And um, his pitchability is really impressive. So I'm looking forward to seeing him potentially bounce back. That was obviously a reason why I personally uh, led um, and leaned toward Vandy at home this weekend. So last series, we're picking Charlotte and Army. Um, I don't know. I wasn't debating if I went for sweeps or not, but if I was going to pick a sweep, I would pick Charlotte sweeping in this series. Um, I'm, I'm impressed by Charlotte baseball, not just this year, not just last year, but over the last handful of years, it's a program that I think hasn't got as much respect as maybe you think they should get. I know that Charlie Bornoff has certainly been high on them. He's kind of started oh, yeah. the Charlotte, uh, petition for me. Um, and, and when I started to to look around and see um, the talent that they produce is really, really 
um, impressive. And it's, it's really just at a high level. And uh, to be able to take three or four against Ball State, a team that is going to do damage and their conference in their own right, like you really have to be impressed uh, with what Charlotte did after they had a really impressive opening weekend. Um, but they've just had talent for years. And so uh, overall, um, I'm just – that's the team that I'm going to rock with in Charlotte this pat, this week. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys have to say about that. I don't know if you have a sales pitch for me to go the other way. I just certainly think that Charlotte has the ability to make a statement by taking a series and potentially sweeping Army um, after having a good three or four against Ball State this past weekend. Yeah, much like uh, their recruiting numbers this year, I am down on Army for this series. But I will say in their defense, they're not they're, – I think they're a very solid squad this year. They had a bad weekend. I do think Charlotte – I agree with you and Will, and I think, Taylor, I think you agree with James as well on it, the fact that if there is a sweep to pick, it's this series to do it. And I do agree. Charlotte's a really good team this year. They've got Rob, – what Robert Woodard has done with this program has been phenomenal. They, he's really turned a real 180 around on it. I also like, – shout out to Eric McKibben and Austin Miney, two guys who do a lot of good work over there too. Um, they produced a lot of really good talent. Like I was a big Austin Knight and David McCabe guy a year ago. They have a lot of good guys back. And the thing that really for a long-term projection that people need to watch out for is Charlotte was really banged up last year and they won a lot of baseball games still. And they're healthy this year and they returned a lot of guys. So they stay healthy. They're going to cause a lot of problems in conference USA could possibly win it. Yeah, I I agree. This is probably um, the, the series that is most likely going to have a sweep in it, I think as well. I'm a big fan of Charlotte too. Um, kind of like what you said, I actually, um, I have a mutual friend with one of the former players there, uh, Carson Johnson, who uh, played a little bit for him. Um, he's told me a lot of great stories about playing left field at the ECU jungle in the, in the postseason. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think imagine. Charlotte's a really underrated mid-major program. I don't think they get the love that they deserve necessarily. Um, I think, I think we could see Charlotte come up in a regional like we normally do with some of these mid-majors and yeah. be like, oh, where did they come from? And they go put it on at a Tennessee or an Arizona or someone yeah. like But we'll know. We'll be hip to it. We'll know. Yeah. People won't, but we'll know. No question about it. We will. And I think that uh, it's kind of – you kind of think about them as a Campbell type, you know, with with the, with the with the respect that you think they, they should have and – um overall i think that i mean those are really good series to watch for just the second series of the year like when you take a step back and you look that you have three top 25 matchups just right out the gate in the second weekend of the year like that i could imagine what we're doing this time next week recapping all those crazy series uh your boy treadwill maybe you had a complete game shutout like all this stuff could potentially go down and i think that's really cool uh, to just think about um, in, in that regard. But overall, I, I just I like the pick and I like Charlie Bornoff ultimately shouting out the SEC at the beginning of this show because you can't have podcasts about D1 baseball without talking about yeah. the SEC, who has six of the eight College World Series teams from last year, if you count their future members. And speaking of the SEC, the final thing I want to say is uh, Jared Wagner, 571 average over the weekend, um, four of seven at the plate for Arkansas. I mean, you, you got to be impressed with what he did. Um, he's a transfer yeah. from Creighton and he was one of the best players in the country this past weekend. Um, so you, so you really gotta, you gotta tip your cat to, to Jared because 
Jared was doing some otherworldly things. I that was his two game stats. His three game stats were six of eleven for two home runs, hit five forty five. Uh, SEC Player of the Week, I believe. But Jared Wagner, uh, you really got to be impressed with him. The transfer from Creighton. So um, I'm hoping he can be a future guest on the show at this point, being a starter for Arkansas and being one of their best players. Yeah, absolutely. This I'm pumped for this weekend, man. It's gonna be another banger. Yeah, and another one we didn't mention, like uh, too, is uh, is TCU and Florida State. Yeah, that's a good point. It's all like, I keep going back to it. It's, it's great to have it back because it's in. We're in February right now. Uh, the Super Bowl was last week. Like people yeah. are still in football mode, and you have postseason matchups coming at you. I mean, it's it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, it is. It really is, and I think that um, that's that's gonna be fun. Florida stay with their new leadership and TCU Jared, after they impressed TCU just really, really, really impressed um, this past weekend. I mean, you really got to think about that, but overall, I mean, shoot, this has been, this has been a ton of fun breaking all this down. It has been. I mean, I cannot lie. And all, all I got to say is I'm really looking forward to Eastern Illinois and Arkansas. Um, I think that could be kind of a Texas state type Northwestern type series where you see, you know, a hundred, okay, a hundred plus runs scored by Arkansas. Um, yeah, true, true, true. Maybe not a hundred, but I sincerely no, I mean, think I think they could score fifty to sixty. Um, no, it's it, and, it won't be pretty. It, I mean, I was just looking at you know Brady Slavens, Jace Borf, and Peyton Stovall, Jared Wagner. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna literally torch Eastern Illinois. Yeah. Um, I don't think Arkansas loses a game for a while. I really don't. Yes. Um. They play Grambling, Eastern Illinois, Illinois State, Wright State, Army, Louisiana Tech, UNLV. They might drop one to UNLV, maybe Auburn, SEMO. I mean, they might lose till they play um, LSU. And at that point, they're going to be a top, top-ranked team. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's all I had to say. I was just – my mind was on the Razorbacks because of Jared. So, sorry, I kind of got sidetracked. Now, you got a point that you might – they might as well just slap a mature audience-only rating on that Eastern Illinois-Arkansas series. Yeah, because that will be a bloodbath. <laughs> Um, it's not uh, suitable for children whatsoever. Yeah. You know, you that that that's gonna be R rated, no question about it. Guess we're done. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, need- oh, Taylor, Taylor, thanks again, man, for hopping on. James as well, obviously had to hop off early though. Yeah, no problem, guys. We appreciate it. I mean, uh, obviously, like we did the draft preview last year with Will. Yeah. Um, pleasure doing it with you. Um, I'm looking forward to more things in the future. For sure. Um, Obviously, you guys are local, so if uh, if you guys are ever in Norman and uh, need a need a season ticket, holler at me for sure, man. Also, don't forget to follow Fungo Talk on Twitter. That's F as in Fullerton, U as in the University of Miami, N as in Nebraska. Okay, this is taking two minutes. Fungo, it's just Fungo Talk, right? Fungo Talk, um, baseball. At, at Fungo Talk Pod on Twitter. There at Fungo Talk Pod underscore Instagram. Uh, we do great work over there. Obviously, uh, hop into spaces as well. That's something yes. we're gonna. Get- and as well talking uh college baseball every sunday uh to recap every weekend uh so once again yeah like i appreciate you guys yeah for sure man. we appreciate you oh my god we appreciate you guys yes sir well that's that's a wrap subscribe to us subscribe to fungo and uh cancel your subscriptions uh for flow, flow sports, sports. Thanks, i hate guys. Flow sports <laughs> well we'll talk to you guys next time uh thanks so much are you working what kind of work do you do